Nah, our, we're we're on a journey to get a ten-year-old on the podcast. If you know any ten-year-olds who want to come on our podcast, please hit us up. I would, you know, I do work in a school, and I would, you know, use that avenue, but that feels inappropriate. Um, <laughs> the whole thing does. The whole, but we are going to get consent from the parents. It's it's like it's going to be like the kids say the darndest things, except with not a rapist as the host. Yeah, absolutely. Neither of us do that type of stuff, and we really believe fully in consent. Um, what a way to kick off this episode. <laughs> we are so excited to be here because this is our 100th episode, and I guess we should probably intro the show as we normally do. I'm chilling. You literally cut out on your name, and I'm keeping it. All right, I'm Dylan. And this is the CND NBA show 100th episode bonanza. Whoa, we're like Jalen out there. We're keeping it 100. You're like Jalen, Jalen and Jacoby. That's what they say. They're keeping it 100. Oh, yeah. I always okay. say that on the pod. Oh, my God. Sorry. I haven't listened to Jalen and Jacoby in a long time. Sorry. Jalen Rose um, Goat. Ah, he's next on the podcast. Um, <laughs> We have a ton of guests today. We brought back some past favorites, some old friends. We made some new friends. Uh, no 10-year-olds, unfortunately. Uh, only adults on this podcast. <laughs> but before we get to any of that... Podcast. <laughs> before we get to any of that, let's do some real stupid news. First, Zlatan... Ibrahimovic says LeBron should not talk about politics. He says LeBron is a basketball player and he's really good at that. And he should stick to playing basketball and let the people who are good at politics talk about politics. What do you think about that statement from Zlatan? I think it's very easy to just say Zlatan is like, whatever. Obviously, yeah, Zlatan is wrong when when saying that and it, when it comes to u.s politics obviously lebron james should be talking about that that is like a that's a responsibility that he has to the world is talk about u.s politics when it comes to chinese politics no don't talk about anything lebron we've all found out we, we fucked around and we found out fast that he should not be talking about chinese politics yeah, I mean, like, obviously, he lives here. He knows what's going on. He, like, has experience being black in America, so he has every right to talk about that. You know, and, and then the the best thing about this is that LeBron then, like, clapbacked and was like, wait, didn't this dude talk about racism in Sweden? Because he, <laughs> he, he, like, remembered back in, like, 2016, Zlatan had this quote about how it was, you know, there was racism in Sweden, and he experienced it. Like, he's like, my name isn't. Svensson or Vahannin Hampson or whatever, you know, whatever. Normal. Wow. Chalanga, you, you have to be, you can't be racist against the Aryans. This is, this is an <laughs> Aryan safe podcast. Look, I don't, I don't care what all those Swedish ass names. Anyway, point oh, is LeBron uh, had Carlson. a quote. Carlson. Um, LeBron had a quote to pull out to say, you are talking out your ass and you're holding me to a standard that you don't even hold yourself to. So don't fuck with LeBron unless you want to get fucked with. Yes. All right. <laughs> Next, the Toronto Raptors entire coaching staff contracts COVID-19. <laughs> so the Raptors played a game on Saturday uh, without six of their coaches, including head coach Nick Nurse. 
And Kyle Lowry got to be the head coach of the Toronto Raptors for that game. I just want to be clear. they It was Friday, but yes. Um, they ended up winning the game, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and it's proof that when you're well coached and you have been for a long time, I mean, basketball players, NBA players pretty much run it themselves. Let's talk about the most important part of this, that somehow Chris Finch has curved Corona. Yeah, this seems very sus because he was with them this week. (laughs) But he's not out with health and safety protocols. No. And (laughs) we should also be clear that not all of these coaches got COVID-19. They were just out due to health and safety protocols. There was no clear how many got it, how many didn't. What was the name of the coach again? Who coached the team? Yeah, on Friday. It was like Sergio something. I had never heard of him. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's stupid, so we can. You know, in in honor of our 100th episode, I decided to be as unprepared as I ever have been. I know. (laughs) Dylan had to call me. I was like asleep at three o'clock, and he's like, "Hey, are you coming?" I was like, "What?" The message clearly said Central Time. I know. I'm. I was. You know, we were we were organizing last night. I was. You know, I had a few beers, whatever. Blah blah blah. Never change. Jeremy Lin. The G League has launched an investigation into Jeremy Lin's accusation that he was called coronavirus uh, during a G League game. What do you think of this, Dylan? I think it's a little racist. I think it might be a worse joke because, like, that's the best you can come up with is, hey, coronavirus. That's that's my thing about all these, like, racist jokes. Like, all these people who are racist are are stupid, right? And so they don't, have, they don't have the capacity to come up with a good joke. So it's not even funny. Like, if it was funny and offensive, that would be one thing. But, like, coronavirus? Really? <laughs> if you're going to be racist, you got to be creative. You got to be. Also, like, research has proven that it is not proven that coronavirus started in China. Like... The coronavirus could have started here. It could have started. And I let's mean, not started let's anywhere. not let's not get into that well though, because there's also <laughs> a lot of conspiracy theories saying that the military complex started coronavirus in the U.S. Let's not go there. You know who started coronavirus? As far as far as we know, Barack Obama. Oh my God! As far <laughs> as we know, it started in Wuhan, China, and there is no proof to say otherwise. Is I it- heard that Barack Obama was doing a satanic oh ritual God. with bats. And having sex with uh, his wife. <laughs> Were you trying to think of Pangolin and you couldn't? Yes, I was. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. Uh. All right. And our final piece of real stupid news. DeMontis Sabonis has replaced KD in the All-Star game. Tatum is taking Kevin Durant's starting spot. Which begs the question, does DeMontis Sabonis now get to select the All-Star team? Yes. Yes, he looks exactly like DJ Qualls from The New Guy. No one will ever think that that joke's funny except for me, but I'm going to keep posting it on Twitter. <laughs> um, I, I think that would be so awesome to go from last picked to picking teams. That would be amazing. Um, and who but fucking I- cares? It's the all-star game. It, that would be the funniest result. And that's it, that would be, I, I feel like it would get more viewers if Sabonis picked the all-star game. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, But I I imagine that KD is still going to pick the teams because all he has to do is zoom in to do it. (laughs) Either that or whoever got the second most votes in the East, which is probably Kyrie. So, Oh, God. Yeah. 
I, I'm not sure if the NBA has announced how that's going to work. I ha- honestly have not checked, but I'm rooting for Sabonis. Guess what? I'm not watching TNT anymore. I haven't been watching TNT since Shaq has gone all nuclear on the league. The young guys. Yeah. I haven't been watching TNT since Chuck started coronavirus. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get on with the show. When we met this next guest, he was working on making his way back to Southern California. Uh, currently, he's sleeping in the van parked in my driveway. And, you know, I've invited him in several times, but he keeps on refusing. Back for the second time, it's world famous street baller Chicken. Chicken, welcome to the show. Hey, how, what's up, y'all? <laughs> For real, though, I'm here for real. So, chicken, how is it out in the van? I know it's been warming up lately, so it must be feeling better. Oh, the sun. The sun was coming in today, and like, I do find it weird when like the sun is shining and it isn't warm outside. I do find that like different. Um, generally, like when the sun is shining, it means that the the um heat from the sun is actually it's actually uh perforated the clouds on a deeper level, though, like. You can really feel it, and there's vitamins, I think, in that. So there is nothing more Minnesotan than a cold sun. <laughs> cold sun, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it personally, but personally, like literally, like no problem. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I, I know this is your first Minnesota winter, Mister Southern California street baller, but you've been adapting well, and actually, I've been, I've been really happy that you and I have been able to hang out, kind of foster a relationship, mm-hmm. do a little street balling together. It's, it's been yep. nice. Yeah, I feel like you've really elevated your skills. I feel like I've really elevated um, parts of my game that needed more, like, heightening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like I've actually yeah. heightened it. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. You've showed me up time and time again. It's It's been really, really something. And I actually I took you to the Mall of America for the first time. That was really fun. Oh, that was so cool. I left my wallet in the van, though, unfortunately. So I was not... Yeah. I left my wallet in the van. That's oh, that's cool. Is that a rap? Yeah, that's a that's a rap. Kids are singing it. It's uh like a tribe called Quest hit single. Kids are singing it? Yeah, all the kids. <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> cool, cool. I'm a kid um, too, man. I'm a kid too, man. At heart, I am. Yeah, so I took Chicken to the Mall of America. He forgot his wallet in the van, but he still bought a lot of stuff. Said yes. he'd hit me back. Yes, and I still uh, plan to. I do intend to. Yeah, well, you still keep saying you left your wallet in the van. And Stuck I say, in we're there, home. Man. We're it's home jammed. now. You can go get it. It's jammed in the seats or something, dude. I don't know. Oh, okay. All so, right. but like, well. so I guess I kind of like must have. You know, yeah. Anyway, go on, go on. What's what's new, chicken? Tell us about what what you're up to these days. You know, so I was doing some like light reading on uh, TikTok, and there was a uh, kind of a little bit of like a lemon lime kind of sprite thing going on. I was really excited. So like, so TikTok was hosting this event. It was like come and audition for the uh, Sprite Squad uh, Dunkaroos Club at Timberwolves uh, Event Stadium. Uh, sorry, uh, Target Center. And so I was, dude, like I went and they, they got me there. They said, we'll provide, you provide transportation. So I walked to the target center and oh, dude, that's a long, long walk for, we're at 61st and park in South Minneapolis. This is a long walk. My oh friend. man. It wasn't bad though. How cold was it? It was like below, below like zero stuff, dude. It was so cold. And, but I had Sprite to warm me. 
I had warm Sprite. Uh, so like I get to the tea center, uh, yeah. And I'm like backstage and like who walks by me? D'Angelo Russell walks by me. What? Yeah. And I was like, ice boy, ice boy. Hey, it's me. You remember me? I called him, dude. I, I called him out. Like I went in on him, dude. I went in. So you saw the Iceman. You called out Iceman. Iceman, he came over. What happened? What Did you guys kick it or what? What's challenged going on? Him. No, no, no. I challenged him to do a street ball one-on-one, 100%. And, dude, he is not a baller. He's not a street baller. Don't let his icy moves fool you. He can't skate around out there. And I had that dude on skates myself, dude. Big oh time. Yeah. So are you telling me that you beat D'Angelo Russell one-on-one in a street ball and match? It was, dude, and I dunked on him. I was hitting threes, right? Like, literally crossed him up, crisscross, crossed him up. And then I did the ice in my veins thing right in his face. And then I said, my life is the movie. And then I shot the game-winning three. And, dude, like, you know, he had to get that stupid surgery. I broke that dude's leg, dude. I took so, him down, dude. So you're telling me that the loose bodies in his left knee yeah. were actually just a front for him having broken leg surgery because he was crossed up. Absolutely. By the one dude. and only chicken. Wow. I gave him that chicken apple sauce. I get him with the teriyaki on the side, dude. And he must have had his foot stuck on my teriyaki sauce, you know? You did. At, I can't. At teriyaki chicken on, on YouTube. Maybe, yeah. Wait, check out, check out Chicken's YouTube videos. He's a teriyaki chicken on YouTube. He puts up street ball moves weekly. Um, where else can people find you, Chicken? Um, I've been on TikTok, but I like I'm not like allowed on there no more. Um, there are a lot of different ages of groups of people are on there. Thank so... you, Chicken. Thank you, Chicken. It's been so <laughs> nice to have you on again. You. We love yep. you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, my friend. Yikes. <laughs> uh, I think we just got fired from zone coverage. Uh, yeah. I, I Tom is going to be on this podcast, which means he's going to listen to this, which means oh, we no. are donezo. Donezo. Oh, Wait, chicken, go away. All right, Dylan, this is very exciting. We have got a, we're, we're big fans of this next guest. Uh, he's got one of our favorite timberwolves fan accounts on twitter please welcome to the show Jarrett culver goat oh we've been waiting so long we were hoping that you were a 10 year old kid but lo and behold (laughs) you're an adult yeah let's go thanks for having me on guys yeah no problem where i'm actually happy that you're adult so that we don't have to deal with like parents or anything (laughs) consent issues (laughs) we were like if this is a kid do we have to ask the parents and then uh yeah, uh, so I, I was, like, this close to asking you, but I didn't want to offend you either. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure I sound I, – I look, like, 15 on my Twitter. So <laughs> I tweet like I'm 15, so, yeah. We but that's what it. makes it so awesome. It's so pure and just, like, full of, of exciting energy. Um, what – like, how long have you been a fan? Are you from Minnesota? No, so I actually go to Texas Tech. So oh, that's how my fandom of Culver – became uh so yeah I, I i'm actually a senior so i'm the same like age as culver and he was a freshman there whenever he took us to the elite eight 
And then I I was a sophomore whenever he took us to the nat- national championship, and I went to that game. So that's oh, how man. my fandom of Culver became. OG Culver, Culver fan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's more real than we are. That's amazing. So, but are you watching the Wolves regularly to to keep yeah. tabs on on your boys? Yeah, yeah. I, I started watching them last year, and that was like I never really had like an NBA team. So once Culver went to the Wolves, like I'm, I'm so big fucking fan. sorry. I've sadly watched <laughs> almost every single game this year, even the ones you missed. And man, yeah, it's pretty painful. Yeah, uh, I've been watching Timberwolves pretty pretty heavy since 2012, and it's been really rough <laughs> oh i'm sorry it, it, it's okay you know we we do we we do what we got to do um we got a few questions for you specifically about Jarrett culver uh dylan why don't you ask the first one okay we have a new coach chris finch he's coaching the wolves i love the hire but i want to know what you think you need to see from chris finch in the way that he plays culver in order for him to keep the job i want to see him use culver next to cat because Last year, uh, like one of the best two-man lineups was Cat and Culver, and then that rating was the highest on the team. So I want to see Culver next to Cat because also in those first two games when he went off at the beginning of the year was next when he was playing next to Cat. So that's what I want to see to use Culver to his highest potential because Culver has a way higher ceiling than Kobe. So I feel like they need if they really want to develop Culver, they need to be using him more. We are 100% in agreement in the ceiling part. I think that Chris Finch actually does want to use ball handlers more than maybe we had thought three-pointers initially. Like, Jaden McDaniels has really not been getting a lot of minutes. And so I'm wondering if there is room for Jarrett Culver in a Chris Finch offense just because he loves, it seems like he loves ball handlers. So I'm I'm curious, and I'm excited to see that. Jarrett Culver, goat. <laughs> the, the next question is, do you feel like at this at this moment in Culver's career, is he ready to play starter minutes? Is he more ready to play bench minutes? Like how many minutes a game do you really see him playing? Uh, I like him around the 20 minutes probably. So, I mean, right now he's playing, well, he started a little bit earlier in the year just because Okogi was down. But I think 20 minutes is good for him just for his development. Like, the whole thing, the whole reason I, I created the Culver Goat was to pretty much change the narrative about Jared Culver because I feel like I've seen just so many like negative things about him. And like people forget that he's only played like 80 games in his career. Like I saw something that last night was only his 80th game in his career. So he's pretty much still like a rookie based on games played. So like I, I just don't understand like some of the some of the hate he gets from the fans and like people want him traded and all this like it just doesn't make sense to me so yeah i would like him around like 20 minutes a game just to just to see him more like i i I feel like we haven't unlocked his potential yet hey i i feel that heavy and that's like an important thing to remember about Jarrett. and it's also an important thing to remember about this entire timberwolves team is that most of them have not played an entire NBA's uh, season's worth of games. Like we have a (laughs) lot of really inexperienced players on, on this roster, Jared Culver being one of them. So there definitely needs to be some patience to, to see what we got in Culver, because like, um, like you said, when he, when y'all went to the final four, Holy shit, he was so Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) Yeah. He was carrying us. Oh, good. Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe it. So there's, there's definitely something there. 
whenever he got drafted because of the trade with the Suns, he w- he wasn't allowed to play in the summer league. So he didn't play summer league that year. And then his the season got cut short because of COVID. And then they had a shortened camp coming into this year. So like, there's so many things that like have gone against him. And like, I know it sounds like excuses, but like those are like valid, like reasons and like important things in like terms of like development. I hear you there. I, I agree. I think that Jarrett, especially like he hasn't had a, a real NBA coach his whole career. Uh, yeah. That's part of it. So I have one kind of last main question for you. How did you feel last night when Jared Culver didn't get the start with Malik Beasley out? I mean, I was fine just because I I didn't really expect it to be honest. Like I wanted it, but I didn't, I wasn't like expecting him to, to come and like start, especially off of missing like a month pretty much. But I mean, I was happy with his 15 minutes. I mean, he is coming off an injury. So, and he like, he had that, he had that nice dunk and like, he did look a little bit rusty, but other than that, I was just, I was just happy to see him on the floor. Was that dunk on that dunk was on Robin Lopez, right? Uh, no, it was on uh, Len. <sighs> it was on yeah. Len. Dang yeah, it. I, I was know, hoping you got both Lopez <laughs> brothers, but uh, he'll have to get Robin another day. Uh, so, last question Is Jarrett Culver getting 15 and five tonight against the Suns? Depends. If he plays, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, the minutes. Like, honestly, like, it's hard to get, like, he only played 14 last night. Like, it's hard to get into a rhythm if you're only playing four. And, like, he had, what did he have? He had, like, three and, five, three and five in 14 minutes, one and six shooting. Um, and tonight, I'll say 10 and four. Easy. 10 and four, go. Ten and four. Easy. Ten and four. Ten, 10 and four in 15 minutes. GG. Yeah. Let's go. I'll, honestly, if, if Culver can average 10 and four, like consistently then we got ourselves a player you know that's like yeah. that's rotation quality numbers right there that that's the main thing with him is just the consistency because dude like he shows flashes he so shows so many good flashes and then he just needs to be more consistent i feel you 100% there jarrett culver goat thank you so much for for coming on you can find jarrett culver goat at culver goat on twitter is there anything else you want to plug hey uh no nah. All right, go Texas. Te- what's what's the Texas Tech mascot? Uh, Raider Red. Or Red hey, Raider. go Red Raiders. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> All let's right. go. Thanks for having me on, guys. Then. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Love to Thanks have you. So much. All right, friends. Our next guest is a longtime listener, first-time caller. He held our hands in Luther College's Nordic Choir. He's our biggest fan, and we're his... Welcome, finally, to the pod, Tim Kamatsu. What's up, Tim? Um, hey, guys. We were really, really looking forward to this, Tim. It's been so long. I haven't even talked to you in seven years. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good to see both of you. I just, I want to say, you know, I'm coming here with uh, an open heart, uh, you know, with an olive branch, and, you know, in many ways, a white flag. Uh. I guess I'm I'm a little confused, Tim. What what's the what's the olive branch for? I thought we yeah. were on good terms. Well, no, I mean, you know, I think that there's a public perception that you know maybe our podcasts are in contention, and I just want to make sure that your fans, hopefully future my fans, know that you know we're good with each other. Wait, wait, you have a podcast? I do. Yeah, it's um, it's the, and I I don't want to sound immodest. It's the number one Washington Generals fan podcast in the world. 
Wow. <laughs> That's like quite a niche. That's why I'm number one, baby. Uh, damn. I We like have talked on the phone a bunch of times in the past year, and you've never mentioned this to me. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I want to keep my business relationships and my personal relationships separated. I don't want to be talking to a friend and be thinking like, are they trying to use me to get on the pod? Are they trying to boost their pod by coming on my pod? Well, it seems like you might be doing that with us. I know why you would think that. Yeah, no, that's a fair that's a fair point. I and again, that's why I'm coming here with an olive branch. And like I said, I'm coming here with a white flag. Because Wait, White Flag sounds like a, a good uh Washington Generals podcast name. Oh okay. Yep, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun, and I see what you're doing. I know, you know. The next win is just around the corner. Uh, that's my motto. That's how I start. Someday you'll get that win. Someday. Exactly. That's how I start every podcast. That's how I end every podcast. It's called General Thoughts. And it's just me hopping on the pod two to three hours, sharing my thoughts about the Washington Generals. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think we're doing very well in our market. But um, some of your fans... Not all fans, but some of your fans have been a uh, little aggressive online. And so I just wanted to come on and, and show them, you know, a better way. Uh, uh, unity. You know, we can have unity in America and we can have unity within the basketball podcast fandom. What kind of things were they saying to you? I hopped online recently. I was going to try and find some of your fans, just try and talk about how much I love your podcast Mm -hmm. um, somebody said you're as bad at podcasting as Andrew Wiggins is great. Read zone coverage, which I found confusing. Wow, both yeah, the that's syntax a, that's and a complicated, the message. Yeah, uh huh. That's 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 quite complicated. Yeah, you know, um, somebody said Tim Kamatsu more like Tim Kilbasa. Oink oink oink. Um, <laughs> which felt Yikes. really personal in a pretty direct way. You know, and there's also a lot of criticism. Where about, did you find these people? This is terrible. Yeah, you know, I... It's all over. And that's the problem. I was moving around on Twitter. I was on Clubhouse. And, you know, the wow. second they heard these dulcet tones on Clubhouse, they jumped on me like sharks on a chum. Yeah, we're yeah, they, real big on Clubhouse right now. Huge yeah. on Clubhouse. And I thought, you know, I'd go on... I'd try and address some of the Twitter attacks because it feels more personal. You know, mm -hmm. you hear my voice. You can maybe hear that I'm a human man and that I, I deserve to not get uh, hate mail sent via USPS. You're certainly not a pig man. I'm not a pig man. And I was worried that there was some misconception about that as well. Wait, hold um, up, hold up. I, I want to backtrack really quick because you, you yeah. said that you got hate mail via USPS. Can you elaborate on, on what type of things people were sending you? Yeah, uh, I got like 19 deflated basketballs uh, that all said you stink on them. And I assume that that's a reference to the generals. I, I want to I take myself out. I don't want to center myself. Uh, but it felt like an attack. Were the basketballs red, white, and blue? They were. They were. Wow. Which, you know, it feels like an attack on the Globetrotters to pop one of their balls, but there you have it. I got sent a bunch of shrimp. I one will thing... say, our fans, while they are mighty, are not the brightest bulbs on the tree, so I can see how they would get that confused. Hey, and you're saying it and not me. Please stop picking on me, C&D fans. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, uh, you heard it here first. Tim Kamatsu <laughs> thinks all C and D fans are idiots. Well, well, that's <laughs> we're having fun because we're friends and friends his can address, have fun. His address is four two six Broadway, number eight. Well, okay, yep, that's fun, and it's fun to give out addresses. Um, you know, the send other him day, more shrimp. Yeah, I got sent a bunch of shrimp. Um, with a note saying that it makes sense that this shrimpy loser would like the generals. Uh, and that feels ignorant. How do you know you're short? I, again, I, I, who knows? They think I'm a, a short pig man. As all generals fans know, there are multiple people that are under six feet on the generals roster currently. Trey Bardsley and I are the same height, <laughs> and he has scored in multiple games of the last season, so... That's another thing to consider. You know what? A job is a job. We do not judge on the CND podcast or on the CND NBA show now. CND NBA show, of course. And I also think that I just want to like clear some air about parallel thinking because I think that some of your fans think that I've sort of adopted some of your segments and co-opted them into mine. And I just want, you know, you to know and I want your fans to know you've got real stupid news. I've got a segment that's called News That Is Stupid, really. Totally different. Not related. It's just sometimes you arrive at the same destination via totally different roads. There's another segment. You know, you've got freezing cold takes of the North. I, of course, have takes that I have that aren't hot and I'm in the North. Different segments. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, Dylan, I think... our. What I'm learning here is that our fans, if they gave Tim's podcast a try, they they might enjoy it. I uh, think so, too. That's all I'm asking so, for Tim, is a try. Yeah, I feel you. And and we want our fans to to give you the props that you deserve. So why don't you let us know where we can find your podcast, where we can follow you online and whatnot? Yeah, so it's, it's just an MP3 that I email to you. Uh, like I said, it's the best two to three hours a day thoughts about the Washington generals that you'll ever get. So shoot me an email, general thoughts at gmail.com because T H O U G H T S was taken. I did unfortunately have to go with general T H O T S at gmail.com. Shoot. It's unfortunate. I don't love it. Okay. You know, you, get, you must be getting some different things than just hate mail then. Yeah, I get so I'd call it love mail. Okay. I'd say it's love mail generously. Um, I did, you know, we were talking off pod about branding. I did have to rebrand, you know, the logo for my show. So it's me in a, some might say indecently tight Washington Generals uniform, hand sewn. Okay. But yeah, just shoot the email. I've got 430 episodes. And I know what you're thinking, CND fans. The Generals haven't played a game since 2019. What are you talking about? I'm talking about hypothetical games. That's fair. I so, can't yeah. wait to subscribe and listen. I've, I've always needed... The one thing I thought my whole life is like, I definitely need... like I have an extra two to three hours a day, and how right. am I going to spend it? Right, exactly. You all know you, know you can't fall asleep. You need someone to just intently listen to. I don't like people doing like laundry or dishes or anything while they listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Well, I listen to it. I, I have a three-hour commute to work, and that's exactly. usually when I... It's the perfect time for it. Yeah. Turn off so. your directions so there's never an interruption. <laughs> exactly. 
that's <laughs> exactly. that's what you got to do. And and again, I just want to come on to say I love the pod. I'm your number one fan. I listen every week. I'm not really interested in the NBA, but I'm always there. And uh, I hope that your fans, you know, stop throwing bricks through my window. Wow. Yeah. We hope that too. Um, that's a thanks felony. for coming. Yeah, it's, that's really serious. And that's why um, I'm coming to you first to ask yep. you to help me with this. All right. Well, we'll say this for once and for all. CND NBA fans, leave Tim alone. Subscribe to his podcast or like subscribe to his email list, I guess is yeah. what it is. Well, you um, got to come to me first. It's like, you know, it's it's made to order. So okay. shoot me an okay. email. I'll send you a taste. Then you can shoot me another email. And that's general thoughts, T-H-O-T-S at gmail.com. Once Correct. again, Tim Kamatsu, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Love you, boys. Love the show. Thank Please you. Please stop picking on me. <laughs> yep. We're, we're going to make sure our Clubhouse fans leave you alone. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Up next, we have C&D NBA show favorite, our most frequent and heralded guest. He is featured on most of our most popular episodes in fact the first episode he was on has over four times the listens as a normal episode which makes four listens you do the math <laughs> welcome to the show troy aslin troy! the show happy to be on the show my name is troy what's good did i say show yeah, yeah. you did <laughs> <laughs> troy yeah of course makes sense welcome my friend how you doing Thank you. I am I am doing well. I'm happy to be here once again. How are you guys doing? Congratulations on 100 episodes. Oh my god. Mhm. 100 episodes and and we've had um less than 100 listens. So <laughs> uh, You got to stop with the self-deprecation, man. Be confident. The quality of the content is so good. It's it's very good. You're right. Welcome. We wanted to bring you on to talk. I mean, we got to talk some Timberwolves. We've, we've had a lot of weird stuff on this pod so far, and we just want to bring it back to reality and, and like ground ourselves in something legit. So we want to talk Timberwolves. And I think a story that Dylan and I haven't had a chance to talk about yet is the, the Malik Beasley suspension. So Malik was suspended for 12 games because he was sentenced to house arrest after the season. And, and so the NBA, you know, has to follow up and there has to be punishment from the NBA because he broke the law, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I don't love it. Troy, how do you feel about the 12 game suspension? Yeah. Also don't love it. I think it's, I mean, you know, I see everything Timberwolves through rose tinted glasses, but it's 12 games seems like a bit much, but also at the same time, I'm also in the frame of thinking that not a lot really matters this wolf season. <laughs> so, uh, 12 games, I mean, would hurt if we were competitive, but because we're not, it's a know. tank assist. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it for sure. Yeah. Um, but beyond, I think, thinking about it in terms of like, you know, the fairness of it regarding how many games it is, whatever, and how it affects us competitively, I think it's a lot more interesting to look at it like societally. I feel like it's super tough to put it into words because it's just, it's really tough to talk about, right? And like, there are so many times in the NBA where they have gotten these suspensions wrong to begin with and then they've gotten this season wrong and yet the nba still gives malik beasley in a season where they're trying to like advocate for black lives matter for all these movements that are trying to like they're saying that they want to improve the criminal justice system and yet 
they are right on the heels of the criminal justice system here and unfairly giving him a suspension in uh, arguably at least because the reality is, is all he did was go up to somebody's car on his property with a gun. Nothing happened. It was a, it was threatening. He was holding a weapon. I don't know if that weapon was legally licensed. I don't know, but this is something that happens all the time with white people. And yet the one time this happens with a black dude, all of a sudden the cops get into his house and realize that he has two pounds of weed that he's possessing two pounds of weed. And it's like those charges were dropped. So the NBA can't really, because those charges were dropped, I don't feel like the NBA can suspend him based off of those charges. And now, therefore, what they're saying is that having a weapon on your own property is not okay in the NBA. Mm -hmm. In my, like, that's basically the only, the only thing I can take out of it. I think the way that we see this story interpreted by the national media is exactly that it, it, they make it sound like Malik Beasley pulled a gun on a family. And I think there's a lot of context that doesn't really go into this. This was during the parade of homes, right? The parade of homes that they do in Plymouth or whatever dumb suburb he lives in, you know, and his house was not authorized to be on the parade of homes. Yet this family was trying to get onto his property to look at this house. So these people were borderline trespassing and, you know, as people are wont to do in a lot of other States, you know, he has the right to tell people to get off the, you know, to get off his property. Yeah, you know? get off my lawn. That's sure. And you know the the piece the piece that keeps getting buried and like no one talks about it. And I've talked about it before. Is that it, the initial reports said that Malik Beasley had called nine one one himself several times in the weeks prior to report trespassing on his property. So there was like context to him reacting in this way. This was not just some random act of rage. This was like a continued uh, effort to try to get the police to like help him with these people trespassing on his property. And they weren't. So he took it into his own hands, which is fine. Like, that's fine for me. He didn't hurt anyone. As somebody who lives in Los Angeles uh, in a home, I mean, when that shit happens, when someone's like, trying to get onto your property when like I, there are unfortunately like some people who don't have homes who have like snuck up on Shuli's fence and stuff. That shit's scary. So I understand why Malik Beasley was like, I got to get a gun out for this. Like if somebody's on your property and they're not supposed to be and 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 there's a precedent for it, like it, it, it would infuriate me just as much. I mean, it, I don't have a gun. I don't believe in using guns or anything, but I would be just as mad. Yeah. And then, you know, the other piece to me is, is just the with the NBA's priorities, right? Like the fact that that pointing a gun at a white family to the NBA is worse than rape, is worse than abuse. Terrence Davis this season, uh, just at the beginning of the season, he like right before the season started, he was charged with uh, punching his girlfriend in the face and breaking her phone at a bar that he plays for the Toronto Raptors. And the case eventually got dropped because that's what happens when these women have to go up against these rich basketball players. The cases get dropped because they start getting threats. They start realizing that they're never going to win. They're just going to waste all their money on legal fees. Because, and so like, the I, I get it. There, like, there was a conviction. There was a sentence. So the NBA has to have some follow through. 
but like it, it's just so wrong to me and, and and that's just like that's not justice you know and like and it's not just terrence davis no i mean it's james johnson it's kobe bryant, kobe bryant. So many, so many times this happens. Every year, it, it feels like it happens. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, Darren Collison. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you can name name after name after name. Darren Collison, I believe, was suspended, was he not? I'm anyway, not sure. I, well, I can look this up. Uh, Darren no, Collison you... was suspended for eight games for pleading guilty to a misdemeanor domestic battery charge against his wife. May two thousand or May two thousand sixteen was when the event happened. Ah, and then he quit the NBA to follow Jesus. So. <laughs> That's there's a lot there, a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. There's Ooh. also a lot of context to this, too. You know, I mean, in terms of the unfairness of the suspension and you know how small market the Timberwolves are, you know, you could look at that as one potential aspect of, of it, too. But also think about the timing that everything happened with Malik's legal case. Um, you know, you look at when he was first charged, it was either right before, or right after that happened, the whole Larsa Pippen thing happened. So already, like, socially, this dude's just in the shitter, you know, right there. That's two, quote, bad, unquote, things to happen to him right away. And then this last time around, you know, the entire franchise is under fire for the uh, hiring of Chris Finch. You know, so the Timberwolves are already not being looked at fondly. And you wonder if that whole debacle played into the length of games he was suspended. That's actually a really good point that you know, the NBA could be sending a little bit of me- of a message to uh, the Timberwolves for the quote-unquote shady business, even though there's context to that, too. Like, uh, Chris Finch was the guy. He had been the guy. Like, punish Glenn Taylor. Don't punish the team. Nobody's Don't talking about Glenn Chris Taylor Rosas. right now. God. And, like, to get back to the Larsa Pippen thing, like, Mm-hmm. that's so much worse than what he did allegedly according to what i've read on his property because like he has a family and that sucks like that's something that i was like he has a wife and a family and he was going behind their back and like dating a bunch of chicks and it's like mm-hmm. i don't think that that's suspension worthy but like that's what made it so difficult for me to like get behind this guy in terms of basketball or in terms of this case is because like Malik has a lot of stuff to to grow up about mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. this gun thing to me is not one of them maybe 2 pounds of weed is one of them you don't need 2 pounds but uh <laughs> this gun thing is not one of them <laughs> no no and you know what he's made some mistakes clearly but he's a 24-year-old who just got $60 million. I would think that I would also make some mistakes. But, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not writing him off. I'm not giving him a pass. Like, obviously, he's got to grow. He's got to learn. He's got to fix his mistakes, right? But, like, he didn't rape anyone. He didn't sexually assault anyone. He didn't... Uh, uh, emotional abuse, probably. You know, cheating is emotional abuse. But... I don't know. Whatever. I, the but point that's not, is that has nothing to do with what the NBA was punishing Malik for, though. Too absolutely, so. absolutely. This is just a side of just that's just commenting on Malik as a person. Mm-hmm. Point yeah. is, this twelve games is totally unfair. It's like it doesn't really match any of the like suspensions in the past. It's like a really harsh punishment for something that ended up being like not a harsh punishment from the from the courts. Like he's sixty days house arrest. That's like. Nothing. That's like as small of a punishment as you can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And ap- and deferred till after the season. Yeah. 
It's like, it's not a big deal. He's just got to not point a gun at anybody moving forward. Fine. Easy. <laughs> Whatever. Well, we, for some people. see so many Instagram posts of him working out this summer. Oh, <laughs> if he's God. trapped in his house in his gym. <laughs> and we already see so many of those. Follow mm-hmm. Beastly Sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's a complicated issue. But, you know, I think that I think that we got a lot of the points out. Well, Troy, thank you, as always, for coming on the pod. We love having you. Just let people know where they can find you again. Absolutely. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at TripXAssless, T-R-I-P-X-A-S-S-L-E-S-S. Come find me. Hear me whine about the Timberwolves and whatever else. Yeah. He's a great follow on game day. It's very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> But that's Timberwolves Twitter, you know? Like, you gotta... You we either gotta great, be funny as hell or, like, yeah. just, like, depressed as hell, you know? Like, that's the that's the only way to do it. All right. Last time we checked in with these guests was during our live show in 2019, back when you could still host an event at a bar. Oh! Authors of the book... Yeah, right? Authors of the book G-Theory and Basketball from A to G. And most recently... Founders of the Gorgie Jang Memorial Foundation, welcome back to the show, basketball scientists, self-proclaimed as the G-Unit, Dr. Jake Blanchett and Dr. Cole Benson. Welcome. Woo! Finally, some legit, we needed some legitimacy on this podcast, and the one legitimate thing that we thought, Chung and I thought we could get, is doctors. That's about as legitimate as you can get. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Uh, So... Last time we we checked in, you were telling us about your new shoe, the Gorgie Ones. How are sales? Are people liking it? Sales have been good. You know, um, we couldn't we couldn't develop a shoe that quite fit Gorgie's foot. Um, what I didn't understand about shoes uh, is that there's kind of different stages, and we could get up to about a size 13. Uh, after 13, we kind of hit a little rough patch with the Nike Crew, so uh, we had to kind of stop at 13. But, you know, we definitely we got Gorgie in. He was super excited about it. And sales were good. You know, it's a it's a it's a spruced up monarch. It looked really nice. It was a hot shoe. We were very, very excited about it. Yeah, it could have gone worse. I know that when it was recalled that not everyone brought it into the store to get their money back. And so that really helped that we thought everyone you know, would bring it in, but they didn't take up the rebate offer. So that helped a lot. I'm surprised because I'm assuming that they, everyone was using that shoe like nonstop on the court. I, we actually have uh, a, a big proponent of your shoe. We just had him on the podcast. His name's chicken. I don't know if you know him, but he was one of your, you probably have so many buyers. You don't even know. Yeah. He's, he has been very present on the internet for us. I think he played a big hand in um, doing some, you know, that some of that guerrilla marketing for us. He was really out there. Uh, he was some of our. He had he had his boots on the ground, his monarchs on the ground, and he was really spreading the good word of uh, the Gorgie One. So we're you know we're very proud of the shoe. I thought it looked quite good, and and I I always love a collab. So I thought Essentia did a really good thing helping us out with that. So it was a great product in the end. Well, that's great to hear. The sales were good. I'm glad you got such a big sponsor as, as Chicken. I mean, that's huge. But, uh, you know, before we started recording, you were telling us a little bit about a new venture that you guys are, are doing. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on now? Absolutely. So I mentioned the sizing issue. 
uh, we actually were we were fitting Gorgie for the shoe. And a 13, I believe he, I, I couldn't tell you, he must be rocking a 20, a size 20. So the 13 didn't foot, uh, fit, sorry, and on his foot, on his big gorgy foot. Uh, so he, we cut his little ankle and uh, I kind of, I kind of had a little idea. You know, we got the, we got the wheels moving in the head and, and I used a little bit of the skin that came off on the shoe and I brought it to some scientists. And Jake, do you want to? Maybe tell them a little bit more about that science there. I, I thought you guys were the scientists. Well, we, you know, we're... Science well, is collaboration, Dylan. You don't yeah. do science alone. That's... I don't know if you've done science before. Obviously not. But that's, <laughs> you know, you collaborate. I'm Always. sorry. I've never done science before. I really, I apologize. I should never... No, that's I, fine. That's fine. But, um, yeah, so it was kind of cool. We had this skin and... They were super excited when we brought in the skin. They knew right away we were up to something. And it was kind of cool that they had some rats in the laboratory that day. And we thought, well, I'll let uh, Dr. Benson tell the rest. So, <laughs> these rats, what's so cool about a rat is no, not a lot of people understand this. Um, a rat is about as long as the uh, diameter of a basketball. Um, so we, we were able to, so we were able to actually take that rat, very similar anatomy to a human, uh, use DNA from that rat's eggs, the cells from that egg. We took Gorgie's skin cell. We took those cells. Not a lot of people know this, but, uh, there is a rule. There's an official rule in the NBA official handbook. It says if the team wants to let them do it. And it is in relation to a a concept they came up with back in, the, I believe, the 80s. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, and you should fact check this. You can bring another member onto the team if they're cloned. So we've managed to clone a small Gorgie, about the size of a basketball. He's extremely deformed. <laughs> but okay. he... This is this is like shocking. I, yeah. So so you're telling me that you have made is this the first human clone that that has ever been human? Made? No, human. No, this is. Oh, uh, most scientists would have said this is kaput. Enough, enough. Abort. The mission would have been aborted. They would have been sick looking at this thing. And the smell is awful. He's terrible. We're, we're pro life on this podcast, so we're so we're we're so glad that you did not abort this little Gorgie. His so his, so, Jake. What, what is the what are the benefits of having this, this Gorgie deformity uh, on a basketball? Yeah, team? isn't isn't one of the main positives that Gorgie brings to the basketball court his height, his size? Well, no. One of the main things he brought to the Timberwolves was leadership, being a mentor. Just because he's small doesn't mean he can't be a great presence on the bench. He can't take these young guys and, you know, just help lead them and give him wisdom. It doesn't matter if you're one foot tall or seven foot tall. If you can demonstrate true basketball fundamentals to a team of nitwits, you're going to teach these guys how to use their fancy footwork out there. Gorgie knows how to work the paint, whether he's, again, the size right. of a basketball or a rat. I don't know how tall Gorgie is. Love the guy. He knows his basketball. Well, okay. So here's here's kind of my my issue that I'm that, that I'm having here is that you're calling the Timberwolves nitwits. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I, that was just I'm a personally. you know 
any group of nitwits as long as they understand fundamentals. Oh, is this for the Timberwolves still? Because Gorgie Jeng's on the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, well, that Gorgie is. This Gorgie will be on the Timberwolves. Oh, okay, 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 okay. We're so, just explaining the I, benefits of fundamentals, and he and he's a leader. Well, I, here here's what I notice. I noticed both of you came to the show wearing Dante Culpepper jerseys, uh, Minnesota's finest. I'm starting to get the feeling that you guys don't really like. Are, you're you're not basketball scientists, are you? You're just Gorgie scientists. We are the athletics division of a cloning group. Uh, it is a subsidiary of Pfizer. Yeah. Um, and what, what we've been tasked to do is help every team develop their first cloned players and athletes. Culpepper will be our next venture. Um, yeah. Cause so I've been uh, hanging out at the Mall of America Foot Locker, and part of what they've been asking me to do is email him really good coupons only redeemable at the Mall of America store. And so it has not worked yet. He has not opened one of the emails, but I think if we give him a good enough deal, we'll see him in the store pretty soon. And we can't wait. This is uh, surprising, shocking, a, a little bit upsetting. I'm surprised that Dante Culpepper is going to make the trip from Miami to Minneapolis for this footlocker. Would hey, if you get a pair of Jordans for, you know, damn near, you know, the same price as a pair of, you know, you know, uh, snow uh, snooks, you know, whatever they're called, Keens or whatever, uh, you're gonna you're gonna make the trek, and you're gonna buy not one for you, but one for your son, one for your young uh, nephew, so they can get out there hooping together. You got these young kids running around your house, like I assume Culpepper does. When you're a sporty guy, you got young kids hanging around, jamming around the house, playing football, tackling each other. They need their shoesies. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I was excited to have you guys back on because I was hoping you would have a new shoe. And instead, you're you're kind of committing like some pretty uh, atrocious cloning experiments well, here. Well, I should say one thing about Gorgie. Um, one last thing is that he uh, he is not happy with us. That's if you check his social media, he he can't even decorate and furnish his home. He's too busy all day on his computer looking for a lawyer who will believe him to take on this case. If you go to his Instagram, it's nothing but him scouring for the best lawyers to take us down. And it's disappointing. I'll admit it. We want him on board, but ultimately his clone has been very supportive of our mission and is just thankful for life. And to correct you, we are working on another shoe. We've we've actually we've kind of welcomed a new member of our uh, little family here, uh, Taco Fall, uh, famed center, has offered to lend his his feet as a demonstration. We don't because we again sizing is tricky. We needed a nice big foot to fit into one of these new shoes. So the Taco Two. We're gonna do a taco whole taco Tuesday rollout. We are doing a it's kind of it's a boot. It's more of a boot. But it'll be a boot. Pick. Oh, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. We don't pick based on the quality of the player. We pick on the quality of the foot. You know, we want the guys with the sweetest feet. And so they just sent us feet. We didn't even see which player they were. That's how we picked who was gonna be our next model. Interesting. So did he meet you guys through like some kind of Senegalese connection with Gorgie Jang? 
that was unrelated, but yes, in the end, they were, uh, and they tried to, we, you know, we're trying to keep those two apart because Gorgie, we're trying to keep him, you know, off to the side. Uh, so he doesn't, you know, keep coming after us and we don't want him to get, you know, any more traction on this lawsuit. Um, cause then we're getting, you know, we're getting to a place that's a little dangerous. Um, uh, but the taco two will be a nice, uh, you know, court worthy boot. It's a high boot. Uh, do you remember those Converse all-stars that went when, all the way up the leg? Wait, when you're saying court, do you mean basketball court? Or are you talking about the court that you're going to have to be in with Gorgie Jang? It's a- anywhere. It's an anywhere. So in the courtroom, on the court, you know, on the wood. Do they call it the wood? I don't know. I don't care. What's so good about the shoe is that ankle support. Uh, yes, please. How about knee support? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's D'Angelo a- Russell could use that because of those uh, loose bodies up in his knee. Absolutely. Final question. Uh, do you have plans to to do some of the same cloning experience with Taco Fall now that he's on, on your team? If he is willing to remove parts of his flesh, we will do it. Or we'll just find it. I mean... Yeah, he has a lot of flesh to choose from. Yeah, he's long, tall, but, you know, he the problem is he doesn't have hair bald up top. So we'll have to find some hair somewhere if we need his hair. You know, we can get the sweat. We can get we can get the contents from his lips when he drinks his Gatorades. What the what the sign what our collaborators say is get what you can and get out fast. Well, wow. uh, it, speaking of getting out fast, uh, thank you so much, Doctor yeah, Jake and Doctor Cole. Oh. Thank you, Chilinga. Thank, thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Chilinga. Thank you, Dylan. We look forward to having you on again in the future at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Up next, we have the Czar of Zone coverage, <laughs> the Baron of Minnesota Blog Boys, the King of Minnesota Sports Writing. Somehow. We still haven't been fired by this man. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Tom Schreier. Yeah, you guys get Slack messages from me all the time being like, oh, okay, we want sex workers for the players. And did we advocate <laughs> drugs? Did we? On this uh, on this program? <laughs> Say yes to drugs. <laughs> but but yeah, no, yeah, like I said, we want opinions from all sorts of different fans, uh, from from for each of the teams. Obviously, the wolves here, we're focused here. But yeah, I was uh Sometimes I'm listening. I'm like, "Whoa, that went no in a different direction than I thought this uh, this Bulls podcast would." But it's all good fun. You know, Dylan and I definitely have strong viewpoints, so yes. uh, <laughs> we are we're not afraid to uh, state those. Um, well, it's our hundredth episode, and we really wanted to have you on. Um, you were a great guest the first time we were on, and uh, you were on. Excuse me, and, and uh, you're a boss. being. And you're our boss, and so uh, we figured no better way to celebrate the 100th episode than getting our employer on the pod. I, I remember the last time I was on, uh, it's was, was a bit of a scramble. I was in green Bay, um, visiting mm-hmm. some family. My mom is actually from there. And, uh, um, not only did I answer questions about Kyle Radke, cause I think he was the intended guest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just winged that, but I think my computer, I learned that the, uh, the battery just was terrible and it's not like it really drained fast. It just like, it'd be a normal cycle and then it would hit 40 and just go out. And that was the first time it happened. So I was like, I hope those guys don't think like I was just being rude or I was just like done with the podcast. I was like, Minnesota passive aggressive. <laughs> it was like I'll just turn off my computer, but it truly just like zapped out, and I was like, well, "That was was kind of odd." But I guess that's uh, the end of the show for me here. I'll tell you, <laughs> it wasn't the first time. <laughs> <laughs>
we get a lot of uh harsh exits from our guests <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny how like how viable podcasting is without uh being in a physical room together. I mean, obviously, I think people would prefer if you can to sit and it's just like you're chatting or whatever. But that's, I think that's the weirdest part is the intro where you're sitting around and you're like, can you hear me? And are you seeing me? And so and so is frozen or whatever. Uh, and then, like, at the end, you're like, you know, for us, like, especially early on, it was so social because I was like, hey, I found people who are as into sports as me. And we'd sit and then we'd, you know, go grab a drink afterwards. And it's funny now where it's just like, hey, bye, see ya. <laughs> you know, and everyone's just gone. <laughs> you know well you know dylan and i started doing distance podcasting so this is like I, i've never done it any other way so this feels incredibly normal to me our our only good podcasts we've done it twice is when we've been in person so <laughs> <laughs> fuck you dylan <laughs> that was very rude Wait, no chile you were the one who said that to me so what you're you're yeah, BSing. You're... no no no. remember when we were in we were in san diego at the time mm -hmm. uh escondido and escondido whatever uh <laughs> even more trumpy but uh yeah. i didn't know that yeah, the, oh, well, yeah down there it gets it gets uh interesting the retiring retirement Ooh. communities but we were definitely uh doing some weird shit like we were dressing up as characters and going out on the golf course and taking pictures of ourselves as the characters <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh there were some people who were like hey what are you doing blah, 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 blah. and then the guy ended up being nice like oh i'll take some of the pictures for you but uh yep. it was definitely weird because there were these like two it was like it look, we probably looked like an interracial couple to them uh of like homosexual yeah. interracial we couple. did make that woman take pictures of us like holding each other like it was like a prom picture at, at oh, she a poolside yeah she, that lady loved it but uh the guy who saw us on the golf course looked like he was a good old boy so i was kind of yeah. scared for a second <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a weird place. Not that we have to get into like California right now. We're supposed to be talking about Chris Finch, I think. But um, <laughs> I've driven, I've driven down that. I've done that where like I most of the people I know are in San Francisco, and I've uh, driven down to L.A. Uh, to Santa Monica when my friend was living there, and we went through Fresno, where one of my friends lives and like chooses to live. Um, grew up there, and I remember driving through into Fresno, and I was like this is California. Like it is such a different, just like geographically and politically. And like, all of a sudden you're like, what happened? Like I, 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 I had to have left the state. Like this has to be like Nevada or something like that. And he goes, Nope, this is, this is Fresno. And it's, it's weird. I mean, I guess it's a big state full of all sorts of different people. Surprisingly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I've known I, I remember like knowing Fresno as a joke from a young age because like SpongeBob SquarePants would make fun of Fresno like <laughs> I regularly. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, I think it was in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, the the pirate oh. guy. It it you learn at some point in in the franchise in that universe, you learn that his house is in Fresno, and okay. it's just like a total shithole. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> this is so true. from a young Fresno? age, it's been the butt of jokes. Step up from Bakersfield, though. Okay, so the. The Timberwolves just hired Chris Finch. They fired Ryan Saunders. It was very dramatic. I mean, it was uh, it was the most media attention that the Timberwolves have gotten in a long time. <laughs> uh, if that's I mean, the kind of attention you want. Yeah, the the Timberwolves are on every basketball podcast. I, I guess Tom, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the Ryan firing, the Finch hiring, and uh, how you thought about how you thought that process went. Yeah, so I knew I knew eventually Ryan was going to get fired. I mean, I, I, given the record and just kind of 
I think it was fun when he was 17 and 25. It was a big change from Tibbs. It was a natural transition. Again, like it almost felt like it just kind of worked out where, um, you know, people really want to feel good about this organization. And even going back to Tibbs, there were so many qualms. I unfortunately found myself pro Tibbs because I'd watched the old Bulls teams and didn't realize that he was just going to try to run it back here. But, you know, you saw him, the pictures of the long hair when he was working for the Bulls. And then when he's gone and you you go to Ryan and you're like, well, this is, you know, Flip's son and he's uh, thinks about basketball progressively and the players love him and all this stuff. I was like, I, maybe it could work, but I just someone that young, it, it always felt like some weird end was coming. And so it was weird to see the tweet where it's like, Matt, he's gone confirmed by Krasinski. Right. And, and then like minutes later, it felt like, wait, they have another guy on a multi-year deal, <laughs> you know? And I you think got it went... literally both of those new pieces of news on the pod. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And there was the weird intermediary where Woj was saying they weren't going to name an interim. And I was like, how is that possible? Like they're just going to roll the ball out, which, you know, maybe they should have tried it for three games. <laughs> Who knows? But I was like, how do they not have an interim coach? And what does that mean? And then I think Shams came in with the news that it, it was Finch. And it, it just went from like kind of a bummer. This was coming, but it had to happen. And really this was just bad process. It was like, they just missed so much with Tibbs that you had to fire him in the middle of a season. I think coming off like two wins um, because I think everyone in the organization was like, you got to get this guy out of here. He's a menace. And you can, you are not going to have people renew season tickets and stuff if he's still here. And so you kind of force yourself into Ryan, which is a tough spot. And then, you know, what everyone else is talking about here is like, this is why you have to let the GM do his own job because it just creates a messy situation where like Ryan kind of gets scapegoated now because every incumbent coach kind of does with a new GM and because it's the Saunders family and all this stuff. And then Gerson's probably doing the right thing for himself. It's like, this is the guy he wanted when they went through the whole interview process. Yeah. It's just, they had to go through this thing. Cause I'm sure Glenn Taylor wanted Ryan Saunders and wanted someone to like, everyone felt good about it instead of Chris Finch, who no one knew, but now it's like, well, how, how are you going to reconcile this with like the Saunders family of like, you knew, you knew what you're doing. They had these conversations when they were playing each other. Um, and like, it was just too immediate to be like, no, it's just a coincidence that, you know, he happened to have a multi-year deal and was taken over, you know, uh, when they played Milwaukee. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the reconciliation with the Saunders family, because that's not something I'd really even considered, but like, that's, that's a, a, like a ruined, strong relationship that is, is going to need fixing part owners. Yeah, which is like, I mean, that that is kind of the story of Minnesota, right? Like ruining relationships with the most important <laughs> Minnesota basketball <laughs> figures, right? It's it's definitely. So I was trying to think about it across sports because now you've isolated the two most important people. It's Kevin Garnett and it's, let's say, the Saunders family, right? And Flip in some weird way. But like those two people are out and they were supposed to be intimately involved when Flip came back, right? It was flips back and i was i was going to a lot of those games at the time and i remember flip kept saying kg kg and i was like i get it man that was your guy like everyone's excited about him but he's towards the end of the line and he did land him and we did think they were taking over ownership and that's kind of the one thing everyone wants here is is don't sell to someone who's going to take them out of town but for god's sake let's let's sell the team and get someone who's like really into basketball who can get a group together and really run things the right way here i'm trying the only the only equivalent i can think of is really weird it's the twins where they had paul Mulder when the new gms t took over they have like two guys who run it and 
it was different though. It's like Paul Molitor wanted that one job. He was old. He was older than garden hire when he was hired. So it's not like he's this guy who's like 33, right? Like Ryan or 30, I think it's 34, 35 now, but um, it's not the beginning of his career. It would be the end of his coaching career. And it was weird. Like they had to sit in front of the media and, and couldn't slam the guy who's like this great athlete from Minnesota who finished his career with the twins. Um, but it was a little easier when Rocco worked out, you know? And I just, we don't know with Chris Finch. I, I We can't say, well, they keep losing Chris Finch isn't going to work out, but because there isn't the immediate success that Rocco had, um, it's just, yeah, it comes back to like, they need some sort of ownership change. And it's just a bummer that instead of being in the news, being like, if they were good, it'd be Minnesota's more into basketball than people think. Look at the high school players from here, you know, look at, you know, college. I know that it's erotically another guy with who got a job because of his last name, but go for basketball one time was big. Um, and the wolves were once a big time thing here. Now mm-hmm. it's just like the wolves mm-hmm. are so poorly run. They did everything wrong. And that's the news about the wolves when, when they're on the jump or whatever, talking about the I- team. I think Seattle's overblown. I think Timberwolves moving is overblown. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. And like, yes, when I get really negative about the team, I always think about Seattle and think about Timberwolves moving, obviously. But with expansion, they're not going to be able to expand one team. They're going to have to expand two teams. So I feel like it's going to have to be Las Vegas and Seattle. And I don't see any other city, like maybe Vancouver, but really do they need (laughs) Vancouver if they're going to have Seattle? So like, uh, I don't yeah, really. Vancouver see... would be a pain. Can, can, adding a Canada team is just like a big hassle for the NBA, like, especially since you know. it's on the exact opposite side of the map as uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they can like play in each other's division and play each other a bunch. Yeah. But I just think okay, so Minneapolis, as I think Tom said this last time he was on the podcast, like a top fifteen media market. Yep. Top, yeah. So it's a really great media market. I think that t- the Minneapolis basketball market itself should be way bigger. It's a fairly diverse city, not in terms of like who lives where, but in terms of the actual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it just needs more community outreach is the reality. And it needs more. It needs to embed itself within like the actual community. No, Dylan, did. what, what the Timberwolves need is they need to win. The, that's like true. that's that's what they need. If they want people to be invested in the team, all they need to do is win, and they haven't been able to do I, that consistently. The the hard thing too is like with most sports franchises, they're they're like cruise ships. Like you to turn around the Twins, for example, you have to draft the right players forever. They have to actually develop. They're like some of these guys are like 16 when they sign or, you know, 18 when they're drafted and they're like 23 when they reach the majors and all these guys have to do it at once. And, you know, like even then you're going to have to sign probably three guys or whatever. It takes forever. It's football. I guess they kind of do it quickly, but it basically comes down to, can you get the quarterback, which takes forever. And then you have to have all the pieces in place like basketball. You really just need a handful of guys that are really good. And I think the expectation here isn't like you're landing LeBron you're going, you know, you're the next destination for, for KD. It's like, be as good as the jazz, like be as good as the nuggets. And if you look at those teams, they're not constantly tanking to try to get a number one pick or whatever. They've just always selected the right players. Always seem well coached are so deep that like Malik Beasley is just chilling on the bench. Right. And I think, Mm Um, that's the thing is that's not really an unrealistic expectation, but you have to be really well run in that case. And I, you know, I know the jazz have a new owner. I can't remember who the Denver one is, but, um, you know, I think it probably like any sports franchise starts with ownership, but it's not impossible. And I think it's always portrayed as impossible here because it's cold because it's not a top 10 media market because like, whatever, there's always this laundry. It's just, it comes down to, they're just not very well run. And that's, right triangle that's how you get people in the team is they're a winner they're like the the kg starbury you know 
era good. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are actually owned by the Cronkies, so the, uh, the same people that own the Rams. <laughs> yeah, which that, that so weird weird story. And again, this is baseball centric, but that guy is named Stan Musial Cronk. Is it Cronky? Is his last name? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. So he's named after like this star St. Louis Cardinals baseball player and just callously moved the St. Louis football team into like L.A. where I think that's probably the only team that care. I can't imagine the Chargers are that popular, but and I know they started there, but yeah, I just callously moved him. I think he also owns like uh, Arsenal or something. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's the exception that proves the rule or whatever, where like maybe your ownership doesn't have to be that good. But regardless, it seems like Denver, maybe he's a hands-off owner and that's probably what you want is just yeah, cuts the checks. And yeah, it, that's my biggest fear with KG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. KG, KG will be too involved. And Glenn Taylor has been too involved. Like if you're rich and you just own the team and you just like let the team run itself, uh, you know, like you, you just got to be uninvolved unless you're like a, an actual basketball mind. Like if you could have a job as a GM in the NBA as an owner, then yes, you can be a part of the team decisions. But unless you have that background, then you need to let the team run. Otherwise, you end up in, in a situation where your team makes the playoffs once in 16 years. And in regards I, to KG, yes, he was a great basketball player, but I just have to say he's never been in a front office. If he wants to actually be like no. a decision maker, he's got to become a scout. He's got to like do some coaching and all that stuff before, in my opinion, he ever becomes a talent evaluator himself. Yeah, it, no, but you, I mean, it's it's the funniest thing is like people are going to spend all this money and are convinced they're good at everything because they've they've had this success. The weird thing about Glenn specifically is like he's such a weird owner. Like he when he initially bought the team, I mean, they were about to go, go to New Orleans. There was all this sketchy stuff of like no one really knew how the New Orleans owner had his money. And they were like a lot of people thought he just like made up a number, which a guy who like a guy who actually owned the New York Islanders for a while, like didn't have the money. He just convinced people he did. So, you know, I guess the 90s were a crazy time that someone could own the Islanders briefly and not really have money. And that someone <laughs> almost bought the Wolves and moved to New Orleans without any money. But um, Glenn, it seemed like bought it just because he's like, well, we should have a basketball team. In, in Minnesota, they, you know, we had just lost the North Stars, and like it'd be weird if, like, in the next year, essentially, like oh, the basketball team's gone too. Um, and I guess bought it, which is crazy to think for like 88 mil, which would be like if he if he ever sold it, right? He's making a fortune off of it, but literally just like oh cuts the check for 88 mil. This is in the athletic, this is a John Krasinski story. Um, and Cuts the check for 88 mil, calls the league office and goes, Hey, I just bought the uh the wolves. <laughs> they're like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it seems like a prank call. And a guy who doesn't seem to be that interested in basketball and is doing it out of his civic duty, like part of me goes, Well, maybe it's good he goes to the games and then he you know, he kind of suffers through it in some way. But part of me goes like, Yeah, he actually should be the dude who just goes, Yeah, some guy in Mankato could afford to buy the team and I let the GM yeah. run it and I let the coaches do what they're supposed to do. Well, isn't that the, such the hard thing about Glenn Taylor is that he like is, I mean, he did save Minnesota basketball and it, he has been an incredible owner for the Lynx, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so I, I just, I'm, I'm so uh, just like confused why the NBA side of things have been so difficult for him. I, I, maybe he's got his hand more in the NBA side of things and the WNBA side of things because that was the original investment right like i don't don't know what what is your take on that i 
I, I think part of it is, I mean, they've done it right where they co-branded. They literally have the same practice facility. They mm -hmm. treat the Lynx like a first-class organization, but he needs his Cheryl Reeve. Like Cheryl Reeve just takes care of everything, I think, That's right? right? That's right. She, you know, right. she's a fantastic coach. She's the GM. Right. She has said before, it was interesting in the Tibbs era, she was like, I want, I don't really want both jobs necessarily. Like, you know, you know, Tibbs was like power hungry, right? The dude's fucking nuts but like i don't think that's her i think she's more like this is how it, it works economically in wnba and you really it'd be nice if your coach is your gm um but he needs someone who key, he can just toss the keys to and be like do your thing and he kind of trusts it right and i think that definitely wasn't tibbs that obviously wasn't con i think it was supposed to be flip um you know and i think with Gerson, I thought he had that. Like, again, it's hard because there's so much excitement when there's turnover and people say the right things. And even Tibbs was kind of exciting at the time. You're like, the dude's nuts and maybe he'll just like force a will, which he tried, like force a will, turn around the wolves. But with Gerson, he's like, you know, we're going to bring in the the smartest people. I'm going to have guys you don't think would be in the front office and the front office, um, you know, emphasize diversity, emphasize the culture and the family and all this stuff. And it's like, I love all that, except there's an exception to all of his rules. It's like, yep, they did the Bahamas, but he also got rid of that whole team again, justified, but doesn't seem like a family. Right. And like, in this case, it's like, you know, he talked up Ryan, talked up Ryan. It was my choice. And then goes and has a multi-year contract for Chris Finch as soon as Ryan's fired. And again, maybe not wrong. I think Chris Finch is qualified. Dylan, you wrote about it. And I thought it was interesting that he literally built a roster for Chris Finch and was like, well, eventually he'll be here, <laughs> but you know, super well qualified. But again, he just, he needs some, he needs something to kind of click and work. And then we need to see proof of concept over a few years because a, I think Glenn or any new owner would just be hands off if he's just doing his thing and B we'd kind of trust him not be like maybe a potential snake who says everything right. And then, you know, it really isn't that different from a lot of other people in the NBA. Yeah. You know, I think Gerson is clearly a politician. Like he, he knows how to say one thing while he's doing another thing. And like, I, I think that part of that is like self-preservation, like keeping his job. It's hard to keep a GM job in the NBA. And, uh, you know, he's got a, he, he's got a really, intentional vision that I, I don't think necessarily matches with Glenn's vision, which, you know, I think has prevented Glenn from just handing over the keys, like you said. Um, but I, I don't know. I am personally a believer and a fan in what Gerson is doing to this roster. I, I wish he'd been giving the keys earlier, right? So we, yeah. we weren't going through this, but I, I think so far he's done almost everything right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think if we're getting Nick, I think actually you had this in an article um, about you were saying kind of the the process, right? If we're gonna turn it into something and like give yeah. it a name, is uh, is working. Like you pointed this out, he did do little things right. You know, the concern I have is that you can't last long as a GM doing the little things right and the big things wrong. And like mm -hmm. it, you go back to like the James Johnson thing, like no one was attached to him. I get like. Look, I like Ricky Rubio. I think it was obnoxious that Tibbs just like kicked him to the curb for freaking Jeff Teague. But like, you know, that you're like, man, it seems like James Johnson would have been a better fit. And then there's like, you know, some of the again, we'll just well, I guess we'll kind of learn the draft stuff. But obviously trading up for Garland and the fact that he's not there isn't a great look like the um, I, I want to believe in Edwards. I kind of like there's again, the dunk and stuff. I'm like, dude, that's the coolest thing ever. And he seems like this just awesome dude. But, um, you're like, man, maybe you don't do the D trade and you take ball or whatever, you know, you, we can, 
again, hindsight's 2020 and we can, we can work all this back and not all of this is figured out yet, but it's like, he does need to land these draft picks and he does need to like eventually probably pull off a sweet trade and stuff. And that's the thing is like, you can't, you, I love that he does little things, right. You can't really win like that. You really need to nail the, the big traits too. Yeah. LaMelo ball being so good. So early is making it really hard to be a Timberwolves fan right now. (laughs) It's like, it's really painful. (laughs) I honestly, I do think it would be painful to be a LaMelo Ball fan too, though, because the way that the Timberwolves would rely on LaMelo, it would be, I mean, we'd have to re-sculpt the entire team around LaMelo. I don't know if, yeah. he, I mean, I know D'Lo looked really good next to like a Dinwiddie type, but I don't know if D'Lo would look good next to a LaMelo Ball type. The thing that's nice about it is it doesn't put us in a position where we are all of a sudden re configuring the roster 100% to a yet another player that we think can be the franchise guy. No, he needs, especially with Glenn, where it seems like there's some interference there. He has to just keep pushing his thing. And this is what he did with Chris Finch. Is he's just like, I'm doing it. I'm going to go get my guy. So I get that. And I actually think that the Cardinals in there is not, not taking LaMelo. I know there's people that really want him. I think it's actually not trading down for Halliburton. And I know that's really hard because that was like, in some ways, it seemed like the obvious move. It seemed like, given the reporting on draft day, it was like, it seemed like until the final minute, um, he was trying to work a trade. And I think he knew Edwards was his guy. And he's just like, if I get stuck with a pick, I'm taking Edwards. He's the best athlete. And I think there is also something to it of like, that's a guy you want on your team if he's good, because he seems to be like, just this awesome dude. Like he just has so much confidence and charisma and stuff, mm-hmm. but, um, and he's I, normal. LaMelo ball is a total freak. Like he is such a weird dude, you know? And the like, other guy played three games of college basketball. So I get like, uh-huh. it was just a weird <laughs> draft, but it's like, that's the one where you're like, that's where I wanted Gerson to pull it off. Right. It's just like, get, work, work some magic here, man. I know that number one pick isn't as valuable as it will be next year, or it has been in past drafts, but you know, go get this guy with this janky shot in a, in a league where, especially with the way he's designing the team, you really need shooting. And I still don't know. I'm sure the shot threw everyone off and that's why Halberton fell so far back, but that that's actually more what I want him to do. And that's kind of, that's the savviness, right? I think actually McDaniels might be part of that. I think Nas Reed is that I think there's other things he's done. It's just, it's hard. You're acting, asking a lot of the GM, but that's, to be fair, that's the position. Is it like, you have to be super savvy to turn around a team like this because you're not getting bailed out. You can't go make a call and be like, Hey, we're going to bring in this big free agent. Almost everything has to go right for this to turn around. You know, I wonder if the Kings had known that Halliburton would fall to 12, if they would have traded up, you know what I mean? Like had, had they known in advance that, that it, it, I, I don't know. I mean, Halliburton is awesome, and like that—that's great to get at twelve. But I, I'm just—I'm curious. I—I I don't know. It's—it's—it's it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Anyway, we've gone way too long. We were supposed to go ten minutes, and we've gone thirty. So, um, Tom, thank you so much for coming. Where can people find you? Yeah. So at T Schreier three and on zone coverage, I do a little bit of writing, although I suggest they read you two and our other Wolves writers, but <laughs> you, you just wrote an article today. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I kind of touched on the Beasley thing. I, we were in Slack and I was like, uh, am I going to be the one to take it? And you guys are like, you're going to have to yep. do Beasley. Um, I think, you know, as, as trying to be fair to everyone involved here, I kind of looked at it and I was like, he did, this is actually very much a Rosas move. It was like, it looked great at the time. I actually, Hey, I still like Beasley as a player. Like he works hard. He shoots threes. He seems very disturbed by losing. Like he seems like a guy who's very, very motivated to win. 
Um, and so I loved it when, you know, first 14 games or whatever. And then just his off season, I was like, dude, this seems like a guy who's a little out of control. Like what, what's going on? And I kind of try to parse through it and just be like, at the end of the day, we just don't know who he is. Look, even if this is a more normal setting where you can go in the locker room, it's really hard to st still really get to know someone. You're more trying to get to know someone enough. So if you ask them a question, they, they don't assume you're just like coming after them. Um, but, uh, you know, it's really hard to know who that guy is. It's Rosas' job to know. And, you know, uh, Dylan, you wrote about how, how great his contract is. It's a double-edged sword where it's like, it, it means it's easy to move. It also means he's a part of a winning piece if you put the other stuff around him. This may tell us what Rose is about. I really hope Rose is committed to him. I hope Beasley ends up being kind of this cool guy and people just forget about everything else that happens here. But um, for the time being, I was like, just the summer he had, I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> like, what's happening? And I'm hoping that, you know, going forward, you're like, hey, Beasley's he's a good dude. He's part of the winning formula, um, you know, all that stuff. And that's kind of what I touched on in the article. I feel that I uh, I haven't read it. That yet, was but I that was more than, that was longer than the right. <laughs> Sorry, the, the actual that article. Longer, yeah, that was a lot longer than the article. Yeah, I was trying. I, to, I was trying to summarize it. I write better than I talk. I think, but um, uh, <laughs> 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 but I was like, I'm trying. So yes, the article. I I appreciate the article breaks this down a little bit more clear headedly. You know, it's funny. You you write better than you talk. I talk better than I write. So you know, <laughs> we're we're all we're all learning and growing. Thanks, Tom. No, I appreciate it. It was it was fun. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This has been our 100th episode. We'll talk to you uh, on our 101st episode. Thanks. Bye. Bye. What the, What is that, Dylan? Truly baked a cookie for our 100th episode, or a couple cookies. Oh, I love oh, wow. it. I wish I could have one. Yeah, me too. Those one, look amazing. One, zero, zero, and then C and D, and then that's a basketball. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, you if you shifted it around, it'd be a dick and balls. So yeah, that's yeah, right. It's Probably. basically a dick and balls. <laughs> Shuli, do you do you want to be on the podcast for a second? Sure. Thank you, Shuli. You have to you have to come to the microphone in order to be on the podcast. Also, a C and an N and a D cookie, but they all turned out to be circles. <laughs> cool. There was actually an individual cookie for each thing. Oh. So congratulations I, on 100 episodes, you guys. That's a huge achievement, and I'm really happy for you. And keep 100 more. Thank you, Shuli. You're our next guest, by the way. I don't know if oh, Dylan's I talked to you. Oh, I just found out. The great Shuli Chenowitz, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>